Welcome to the Jersey to Vegas podcast. This podcast talks about the hows, whys, and what's next in your life journey. If you're looking to start fresh and turn over a new leaf, you're in the right place. Now, here's your host, Pete Isip. Hey guys, welcome back to Jersey to Vegas podcast. It's Coach Pete. This is episode number 15. You're here with a special friend of mine. Uh, we go way back in the bodybuilding slash wrestling field. Uh, he's from down shore, down to shore, New Jersey. If you guys don't know, if I say down to shore, obviously not in Las Vegas, there is no shore, right? But in Jersey, there is. And I kind of miss that, honestly. Um, we are talking with Mark or Coach Mark, Coach Mark Rosamilia. Um, I'll give you a little introduction more. Before I do that, I'm going to shout out my Patreons and make sure, guys, um, if you have not checked out my Patreon, do so because it helps support the channel. It helps uh, keep us active. It helps keep us like getting more equipment to make it look better. And obviously, as you see uh, the podcast grow, you definitely see the, the difference in the audio and the visual. So the more you guys uh, jump onto the Patreon, the better things we could do here on this podcast. So go to uh, www.patreon.com slash Jersey to Vegas, and uh, we'll get that through. But right now I'm going to tell you a quick story quick about coach Mark. So I was like laying down on my back at a bodybuilding competition because I'm trying to rest my legs. You know, I'm really trying to, I want to look good before stage. So most bodybuilders will lay down on their back, put their feet up. And then all of a sudden, like we kind of like my friend who was with me, who was like kind of my, my, my prep coach, uh, my friend, Timmy and my brother. And like, yo, there's a couple kids here from Bloomfield. And I was like, well, one from Belleville, one from Bloomfield. And it happened to be Mark. Like, I don't know, we're in downtown Miami, Florida. And two New Jersey people meet at the same natural bodybuilding competition. And uh, from that point on, it, it just, you know, that's it. Like, we knew of each other through wrestling and through the wrestling circuit. But ever since the moment of just knowing that we both did this tough thing together and both did really good. <laughs> like that, 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 that show, um, everything after that has been, has been really great. And, uh, we've connected so much. So I'm really happy to have him on, on the show, uh, this week and, uh, coach Mark, please introduce yourself. Uh, no problem. Pete, thanks so much for having me. And I can't tell you how much of an honor this is for me. I've been following you ever since I was sitting in front of my computer. I, I don't know the date per se, but I saw, um, I saw the introductions for crank you know, coming soon, crank, you know, and it was just, it was just so cool. You know, I just, it, I, you know, I, I remember it like it was yesterday, but I'm sure it was quite a long time ago. Um, and, you know, I, again, we knew each other from bodybuilding and from wrestling and a lot of my close friends and cousins were all from Belleville. And anytime your name came up, uh, nobody, you know, everybody had something good to say about you. There hasn't been someone I've come across um, in all of my years, um, you know, that has ever said anything but positive things about you. So um, I felt like at that point, I already knew you. And I wanted to get to know you, I wanted to be your friend, because I just thought, you know, I thought the way you carried yourself, and you know, the way you ran your business and, and everything, I'm just, uh, was just 100%, you know, top notch, you know, so I just want to start with that because I truly am honored to be with you. And I consider you, you know, whether we talk frequently or not, you know, I consider you a, a really good friend of mine. Um, as far as myself, I grew up in Newark, New Jersey, you know, for the majority of my life, but I had cousins and friends in Belleville and Bloomfield. I was a wrestler, uh, went from wrestling to bodybuilding, you know, that's kind of how you and I connected. And then from bodybuilding, started to get into some entrepreneurship, opened up my own, my own facility with a few friends and, um, you know, just been personal training primarily for about 11 or 12 years before I finally got this 
job where I am now. I'm the head strength and conditioning coach at Middletown North High School in uh, Middletown, New Jersey. Awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome how like it just realigns itself, like you said, right? Just it moves along and uh, it just works its way into like just from bodybuilding, right? From doing all this stuff for yourself. Yeah. To now you're training other people to do these things and even uh, venturing into your own business. And now, you know, in the school, which is a really a great gig, you know, it's cool because it's a different, definitely a different um, clientele. Right? They're not really clients, but like, you know, demographic of people, but still helping people uh, develop as a person, you know, it's not just about strength. Absolutely. I mean, anybody who's ever worked with uh, athletes like yourself and brother and, uh, you know, other people who work, you know, um, on, you know, have their own businesses. It's the same thing. The only difference is I'm fortunate enough at this point where I have a salary. Someone, there's no can, you know, canceling kids don't show up. Right. <laughs> um, you know, I have a pension. There's so many, there's so many benefits that come with it. And, you know, I'd like to say if I could back up, you know, five, 10 years, I would have done this then, but there weren't strength coaches then. Right. And like my good friend, Paul Colodi over at hundred and central was the head strength and conditioning coach there. I told me, Strength and conditioning today or high school strength and conditioning is like athletic training 15, 20 years ago. There weren't that many in the high schools, but today they're at every high school. So we're looking at, we're on the cusp of something pretty, pretty impressive here. So like, I think from now over the next 10, 15 years, you're going to see the majority of high schools hiring strength and conditioning coaches. So it's just being at the right place at the right time. And, and your network is, is crucial, you know? Right. It's, it's very true. I remember growing, you know, there was no strength and conditioning. You are following some coach that wanted to put a little bit of extra into his summer or um, some extra into his other seasons, but they're not certified. They don't know much. They're just giving you something that kind of worked for them or they, they cut and paste it out of some book, you know, exactly. and it's like, it's, there's no professionalism there. There's no guarantee it's going to work. Um, at the same time, there's no guidance. You know, there was no one to guide any of these kids. No. And these kids are lucky, like now that you can see it. Like even Belleville had strength. Cause I'm not, I don't, I don't know if they still do, but I know they even had a couple throughout the, the past couple of years. I know Nutley, uh, uh, Coach Bustos, we just had him in um, a podcast. He's Nutley's uh, strength conditioning coach. And these are like the things that you see the really top notch level schools have, right? They, they incorporate strength training. Whereas, like you said, now it's like everyone's going to start doing this because it's now the normal, like you have to kind of have one. You do. You do. I mean, I think, you know, athletics and athletic scholarships are a big, you know, it's a big business, you know, in college. And I think, you know, it's a trickle down effect. You, you need, you need the foundational, uh, the, you know, support at the lower levels, which is high school for college, you know, and, you know, you don't want kids coming into college with scholarships who can't squat, bench, deadlift, clean, you know, you, they need, they need to learn that stuff properly at the high school level. So you see the value uh, in a high school strength coach a lot more than there ever was. Um, so these positions are popping up, popping up everywhere. So I just have, I just happen to be extremely lucky and fortunate after a lot of the misfortunes I went through in my life. I mean, right. if I could just tell you a story, I mean, so basically my, uh, without naming my previous employer, I was sitting there. Um, this was in 2019. So what are we two, two and a half years One, ago? Yeah, two and a half years ago. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I, I, I'll, you know, I'm, when I'm 46 right now. So I was like 43 years old. And, you know, it was a the position I was offered was a, was a manager with an opportunity to become a partner in this, in this particular job. And, you know, business started to decline and he, you know, called my, the owner 
slash partner called me into the office and he's like, Hey, Mark, he goes, uh, you know, I just, it's hard for me to tell you this, but I can't pay you this month. I'm like, uh, excuse me. He's, I can't pay you this month. So, um, he goes, you know, I, can't, I don't expect you to come in. You can come back in uh, July. We were in June, early June, first, second day. He goes, I'm like, uh, what am I going to do? He goes, I'm sorry. I, you know, we're just not making the money. So, you know, at that point I had been through wow. a lot in my life, you know, yeah. um, and I, I went into the waiting room. I put my head in my hands. I was crying, called my brother up on the phone. I'm like, look, I said to my brother, I said, I'm 43 years old. You know, I have three kids. You know, I was really putting, I was really banking on this being like my, an opportunity. You know, I'm a manager. I'm going to be an owner of this business. Right. I've been through this before. He goes, I just, you know, I just don't think I'm ever going to get an opportunity. I said, I just need somebody to give me a chance. I said, I know I can do it, but I, I, I haven't had that opportunity. And I've been trying to get a teaching job for 11 years, but it just never happened, you know? And I'm, you know, within six to eight weeks is when my friend texted me about the, the middle. T- and I, you know, I'm not saying I believe in all this stuff, but it's just amazing to me how like I was at my absolute lowest point. I'm like, I have nothing built up or saved for my kids. How am I going to support my kids as a, as, a, as a single father? You know, like, I just don't know what I'm going to do. I, you know, and then all of a sudden, here we are two and a half, three years later, you know, I'm a, I'm a year out from my, from tenure, which I can't wait. Right. Right. You know, of my tenure, right. I have, I've built towards a pension, you know, I'm able to, you know, I just got my master's in education, which gave me a raise at oh, the yes. high school. Right. And I'm going, I'm, 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 and you know what, I'm, I'm getting another master's right now in strength and conditioning because at, when you're in a high school, when right. you go back to school, you get raises, right. You know, I was never in this position before. It was like, right. I can clients. Can I train? in a 24 hour period without sleeping to make right. money right. Know, or how many people can right. I bring to a group session? Can I train 150 people in an hour to make some money? What if somebody gets sick? You know, what if some, you know, what if I'm sick? Oh, I don't make money today. Like I, I am all for entrepreneurship, but I think, you know, there's some combination of the two. You can have, if you either have a security blanket or if you have some type of nest egg and you start your, you start your own business and you have something to lean on or you combine the two. You know, like Zach still has two businesses, you know, right. two locations, and he's a strength coach at the high school. So I, you know, or you're, you're young and you take those chances when you're younger, you know, like, you know, I'm, I'm 46 now, like I need some stability and security. I, I, I right. wouldn't be opposed to, you know, having my, my own side gig, but like, uh, you know, it's hard to take chances when you have kids and you got to support kids, you know? Absolutely. One, uh, be 100%, you know, it's like, there's a lot of, even now there's chances that I would have taken when I was 30 you know, 30 something, I, you know, we weren't married. I wasn't married then. And um, that's how it really started. You know, that's when you started the business was at that time. Cause you were yeah. able to do so when I, if I look at it now, would I do it? No, like I wouldn't, I, it's hard, you know, it's a lot of work and a lot of time and people that, that live through it that have suffered through it, that have uh, had successes through it, understand how much time goes into running a four hour right? Four hours per day classes, right? Everyone thinks you just train, you work for four hours. It's like, no, you think you do. You work a lot more than you think. And uh, that takes away time. And for me, that's not, so that's like something I will not exchange because I've learned that it's not worth it right now, right now. You know, it's at this point is where I got to be home. So. Absolutely. That's cool. That's a great story, man. I was actually going to ask you, I was like, because you brought up bad (laughs) luck. And I was like, tell me about the time that, you know, you said you had bad luck and you just went right into it. And I was like, well, I guess I don't have to ask that question. That's a, well, I'll tell you, Pete, like, and you know, on that note, you know, there is, there is a such thing as bad luck, right? People, yeah. people are born into third world countries, right? Like there's a such thing as bad luck. 
you know, so I'm not all about, I, I am there. I try to be positive. I try to be like, you know what, you're going to make your own luck, but you know what? you and other people did not make COVID happen when it happened to hurt your businesses. That's bad luck. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't know the business was going to decline when I got hired and I wasn't going to get paid for a month. Like there is a such thing as that, you know, but what I did was I always felt like, unless I'm dead, I'm going right. to keep trying. I might cry and sulk for a little while. Right. right. But I'm going to wake up at some point and say to myself, okay, well, who do I know? Like who likes me? Who do I like? Who can I reach out to? Like, what can I, what am I capable of doing? Right. And what am I not capable of doing? You know, right. it, it's, it's just like going through and trying and like, you know, saying like, well, you know what, you know, it's funny because you have like tons of people that maybe you're not super connected with on a day-to-day -day basis, but right. there's a lot of people that, you know, that would be willing to maybe help you, or they can redirect you in another direction. So I always said to myself, I, I, I really truly believe that there's going to be an opportunity somewhere, even at your lowest point, when you feel like there's not, right. you know, you, you know that you're not going to give up and you're going to keep trying. And then, and, you know, and eventually, you know, something may happen. It's funny because, you know, I, I, this is a kind of, it's kind of corny, but my brother always brings up to me. He used to, when I was going, when I was really down, he's like, you know, the Colonel Sanders story. And I'm like, well, I'm not really. And, you know, I wouldn't do it justice if I tried to say it, but basically Colonel Sanders had that fried chicken recipe the majority of his life. He had failed businesses and he, he didn't really get his big break until I, I forget who it was. Somebody accepted his recipe in his mid forties. So Colonel right. Sanders was basically quote unquote, a failure in business his entire right. life until his mid forties when he became one of the most successful business owners of, you know, of all time. So, and you know, that used to, you know, it was in the back of my head and it was to motivate me. I'm like, look, you know, I'm still in my forties, right? I still have an opportunity, you know, to be successful, but what is successful, right? Pete, like, right. I, my kids are my, I love my kids more than anything in the world. I'm sure like you love your kids, you know what? And I, I try to be a good role model and, you know, I'm successful if I'm a good dad, you know, I could be, I could suck at business or maybe suck at, you know, being like the, the, you know, having what a provider would normally have, you know, right. You know, or, or what's, considered a good provider, but I could not be present and, you right. know, be making tons of money. So like, I'm not trying to judge anybody, but like, you know, you know, it's, we label ourselves unfairly, especially as men, men are, are, you know, it's really, you know, to take the brunt of it. Like if they don't earn more than their wife, right. You know, you all of a sudden put yourself and, you know, that stigma, I think is something that I hope, you know, goes away over time because you are not, you know, what you earn. Right. You know, you are who you are, you right. know what I mean? Like, you know, so I truly in my heart believe that, you know, and it's, it's a struggle because, you know, you, we grow up like men make more money than their wives and like, you got to be this type of provider, you know, and you got to right. act a certain way, you know, like men are not supposed to cry and, you know, I'm super <laughs> sensitive, you know, I'll cry in front of my kids, like hug and kiss them all the time, you know, like, and I'm okay with that. And like, and, you know, so you know, I think, I think we're, it's an interesting dichotomy, right? Like we have to really be, you know, we have to start to tap into our feelings and really kind of uh, understand who we are and, and what we want to be, you know? So, I mean, I'm sorry for rambling, but that's kind of how no. I feel. <laughs> it's, it's no rambling. It's, that's honesty. You know, it's like, let it keep going because it's true. Like it's, you'll see it change because we are now in charge of the conditioning of the children right now. It's our mindsets that are, that are going to move into theirs or inspire them to be so. Whereas my parents were definitely 
the same thing. Like you have to make money. You have to be the head of the household. You men don't cry. My father still says that to my son now. And I almost punch him. In. I almost punch him in the face. I'm not going to, but like, I, I kind of want to when he does it instead of just say, shut the fuck up, please. And stop saying that you know, same thing. My mom will be like, Oh, look at you up. Oh, you're getting fat. Like little things like that. Like the little things that they used to say to us, that yeah. was like normal. You know, it's like, uh, but then you, you think about how many times it was said to you that it actually gets conditioned into your brain and becomes, you know, something that you automatically think about. And I like the way you talked about like how not saying that you that you noticed your failures, you notice your strings of bad luck throughout, throughout, throughout. But even though after you cry and after you sulk, you always get up and say, who can help me out? Or like, what, when, what's the next thing? And I, I truly do believe that has to do with wrestling. I don't care what anyone says like that, that conditioning of the mindset is definitely what happens when you take a shot or 10 and it never works. Mm -hmm. Right. But then you start to see this guy just kind of weaken out for some reason. And then you still take that same shot. Now you're a little closer. You didn't get it. You're a little closer. Take it again. And then you finally get the takedown. You still lost. Right. You still lost, but you still got the takedown. And, and it's that, that drive that like, I'm going to fail, 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 fail. And, oh, there's a win. And then again, you got slammed, fail, 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 you know? And I really truly believe that wrestlers definitely develop that, that strength and mindset. And that's one of the best things about one, that sport, honestly, to me, um, that boxing, any type of martial arts uh, to, to begin with. Um, I played baseball. I, I can't say I played football because I got knocked out so many times. I don't remember it. And, um, but you know, that's kind of how it is. So that was great. Absolutely. So many, so many lessons learned from wrestling. It, it seems like a lifetime ago and then I'll still be sleeping and, you know, and have dreams of, that I'm, I have, Oh, I have one more year left to make up for <laughs> you know, my, I'm, oh, I'm back. I could do this. I'm going to, I'm going to make, I'm going to make it, you know, <laughs> it's true, and, and, man. Yeah, it's crazy. My son started wrestling now too. And Okay. And originally he started and he's in sixth grade right now. He started wrestling in like third. And I, I, in a, in a way, I thought he was trying to do it just for me. And right. I said, you know, junior, don't do it for dad. No. So I said, you know, don't do it for me, you know, do it uh, because you want to do it. And then, you know, again, COVID happened. So he kind of like, there was no wrestling. And then he comes to me and his best friends into martial arts. Okay. And, um, they're both like, like, we're going to wrestle this year. I'm like, great. You know, like, I support you hundred percent, you know, don't do it for me, do it because right. you want to do it. He goes, I want to do it. It gets me in shape and I, I like it. And, and you know, mm -hmm. he has anxiety like me runs in the family. He's like, man, it gets, and you could just tell it helps him get it, get it out. So, right. You know, so I'm, I'm proud of him. I'm looking forward to it and whatever happens happens, but you know, obviously right. there's nothing better than that. Go, go, that's go pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty cool to see that happen. <laughs> Uh, you are so I know I know for a fact which surprised the shit out of me and um this was has to do with you being are you still vegan no oh no whoa so, all right now you got to now we got to talk now yes, we need to talk I need to talk about vegan vegetarianism because I was going to say what do you think is one of the biggest misconceptions of you and like seeing your stature when I knew you um at that time when you know you're really big you're like nah I'm, I'm vegan I was like whoa wait a minute wait so forever that sticks in my head so please let me know a little bit more about what that, that yeah. process was like. Yes. So basically, um, I'm, I'm going to say, I know in the last time I, uh, so in 2002, my daughter, who's 14 now, she was two. Mm -hmm. um, excuse me. No, it's not 2002. She was two, she, 2009. So we're 12 years down the road. So she was two years old. I read the China study because I was working for a nutritionist and 
I wanted to learn. I also wanted to look at different angles of nutrition. I read the China study or I listened to the audiobook because for anybody out there, I'm not a reader <laughs> yeah. and I'm thinking about a million other things. So I need to listen to audiobooks and they work just as well. And I might've listened to it three or four times to get the gist of it, but something clicked and something registered in there with in me that I said that, you know, this is something I got to try. And at that point, um, um, you know, I gave up chicken, fish, pork, turkey, beef. I, you know, that only lasted about a year or two. So I, I, I still, I eat fish regularly. Right. I eat dairy when I want pizza, when I right. want to, uh, you know, cheese, you know? Right. Um, but I haven't had, you know, and, and does, you know, I haven't had chicken, pork, beef or turkey in 12 years. Gotcha. You know, so I'm, I'm mostly plant-based. Right. I'm a pescatarian because I have fish. I don't include dairy on a regular basis. I, I mostly use nut milks. Gotcha. As a I don't buy, I haven't bought a milk in 12 years. You know, so, so basically, you know, I'm kind of all over the place in my heart of hearts. Like I believe that a plant, a primarily plant-based Mediterranean diet based diet is, is one of the more healthful diets because maybe not all because the meat's so bad, but because in my personal opinion, it's, it's because what we're excluding or what we're replacing with the meat. Right. Um, you know, uh, which is the fruits, the nuts, the seeds, the vegetables, healthy fats, most of the time, you know, we don't have those in the right abundance. So, right. you know, I feel that, you know, that plays a big part into it, but I'm also a big believer, you know, in all the, all the, uh, you know, hormones and uh, negative aspects of, of, you know, farm meat, you know, farm, right. meat, the farm factory farm meat, you know, right. You know, I think in smaller doses, I think like, you know, um, organic free range beef and chicken is probably fine. Right. And, you know, and I realized too, that unless I'm doing, you know, um, sustainable fish that I'm getting mercury and stuff like that. So like be, being a pescatarian. So I don't, I don't, you know, no one's right, all right or all wrong. I think you've got to find kind of what works for you, but I think we're all in agreement that right. fruits and vegetables, healthy nuts and seeds are not in enough abundance and they need to be included. Um, more, you know, for a healthy diet. So, I mean, that's where I've been. And, you know, as a wrestler and a bodybuilder like yourself, we probably don't have one meal that we don't either regret or proud of ourselves for doing it right or wrong. You know, so, <laughs> right. you know, I wish I could just go out like friends and, you know, I'm going to go grab something to eat, like not think about what I just ate, how many grams of protein, carbs, right. what, was what was it? What did I just do to myself or what didn't I do to myself? So it's been like that every single meal for my whole entire life. Right. I know that some of that like eating disorder stuff comes from wrestling. You know, I've been right. body dysmorphic probably majority of my life. I mean, I look at myself from multiple different angles, being disgusted, wearing a t-shirt at the beach, you know, like when I'm out of shape, right. even when I'm in shape, feeling like I could do better, you know, like I know yep. we're on the same way, we're on the same wavelength, you know, and that's one of the, one of the things I think like what resonates with me is like, I think, you know, we, we, you and I have so many different, like so many similarities from being in that you know, we're just in a, in that club, you wrestlers and bodybuilders, like we're in this private little exclusive club, you know, where, <laughs> yeah, that no one talks about. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. It is uh, crazy. It, it does like that. Just being on a stage and you see yourself at a prime, at least as close as you want, like you're at a prime and you want more, like, you know, it's like, you're, you just, you're at prime, but now someone told you that you have to be better for next time. And yeah. then there's so much pressure. So it's I like, know. 
it's true. You do look at everything you eat and, you know, it comes with the, the, the territory of this club, this very secretive club that I'm sure there's many other people that are part of. Um, but yeah, it's true. I feel like more people should express that, but that makes sense. Like 12 years now, uh, plant, truly plant-based. So I don't want to say vegan. Yeah. Everyone yeah. considers there's so many different categories you could put that into, but for the most part, plant-based, which means a majority of the food should come from plants. And that's absolutely true. Cause think about it. Whenever you look at the chart, right. It get you get like this little section that should be vegetables, but then you get yelled at for like, you know, cause I don't know, cause you're wasting your vegetables or some shit like that. I don't, I don't remember. So yeah, I, I truly agree. It, it, it's true. I mean, I mean, there's, there's enough evidence to support the benefits of, you know, fruits and vegetables. And I'm so guilty of it. I've been not good over the last two years, you know, like, uh, you know, once I got hired at the school and I started going for my master's and then I had to go back for uh, my teaching, my, I had an, I had a certificate of eligibility at, um, yes. from New Jersey, which is not a standard teaching certificate. So I had to go back and what they did is they made it a lot harder for people to become teachers. And I had to do this thing called the ed TPA, which is okay. rigorous, rigorous, like, uh, portfolio in addition to getting my master's in education. And like, I'm not going to lie, like, you know, you can only put your energy and effort, you know, hundred percent into so many different things, especially as a parent, you know, right. like, you know, there's only so much you can do and, and, and things suffered that shouldn't have suffered because balance is truly hard when you're trying to achieve, you know, success in one specific area. Like, you know, yes. sometimes certain things need to take precedence and you need to put a ton of energy into it and other things suffer complete right. balance is truly hard. And I don't know, you know, but you know, like at this point now that the master's is over, I'm in, you know, I'm in the second master's, but I'm doing that, doing that so I can make more money, provide right. more life for my kids, you know, and, and also because I want to be a better strength and conditioning coach, you know, absolutely. Um, but my health is, is, is crucial, you know, it's crucially important <laughs> because if right. I, you know, I'm, I'm at the age now where I'm, you know, I'm 46 years old. Like right. I need to, that needs to, that needs to take precedence over everything else, you know? Right. So I need to make sure that I'm planning my meals and I'm eating healthy. I'm exercising, you know uh, you know, which I, I like I'm guilty of everybody else, you know, where I, I, you know, it's easier sometimes to push it aside. Absolutely. Easily to like, just let it sit the backside while you focus on studying tests kids yeah. you know everything like get them food and you're just like all right what's left on the table like i'm gonna eat that whatever so i'm gonna scrape the bottom of the pot and make sure like i get my meal in you know so it's exactly. all, I, right exactly and i'll yeah. tell you too you know like as a 46 year old lifter who started lifting at 11 years old in my basement you know my joints hurt my right. body hurts to get off the couch you know like my, my knees my so like going the thought of lifting, it's not like when I was 25 where I was 100% recovered in 24 hours and I can go lift and kill myself again. Now it's like, I have to like, think about, you know, you know, how I'm going to approach this smart because yeah, maybe I don't lift for a few weeks and I start to feel good again. And I get in there and I do a workout that I normally would do. And then I'm sore for seven days and I'm still not recovered. Day eight, am I going to be recovered? <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. But you know, <laughs> so funny. it's insane. I mean, you know, you, I tell these kids every day, I'm like, you guys, you know, one of the biggest differences is the recovery, you know, right. It's, it's something that you won't understand until you're at that point, you, you know, but you know, managing it now as an older lifter, that's, right. that's really, really important. And like, one of the things I, I learned um, a few years ago, I, I, uh, I got certified in animal flow. 
right. I'm a big fan of animal flow, right? What Mike Fitch does. And, uh, you know, it, it's, you know, it's, I've, I feel phenomenal when I practice. Right. So I try to incorporate it, you know, at, at, you know, into my strength and conditioning program with, with the high school kids. Um, you know, when I was at the gym, I was doing it regular as a regular practice. And it's something that I'm super passionate about that I'm, I'm going to make sure that I get in, I get in into more, you know, uh, as we move along the school year. Absolutely. That's one of the really animal flow. I, I use a GMB just yeah. like this. Yeah. Just that, that the movement and just different angles, different planes um, is very important. Now it's great is because people like you will incorporate it into a strength conditioning program versus the programs that we were dealt was thighs and tries, chest, yeah. back, maybe, maybe do power cleans. If anyone knew how to teach us that, you know, <laughs> Um, I think Zach did, if you guys don't know, Zach, uh, Evanesh, he started me out underground strength coach and like he good friends with Mark as well. He works, uh, to the opposite school. He works at Middletown North, uh, Middletown South Mark's at Middletown North. And, uh, like just, he simplified a lot of the exercises for me to teach the kids. And it's things that we would do anyway. He just gave us better format and like, uh, and a little bit more of a structure and understanding of how to use this to help wrestlers mainly um, at that time to, to get better. And like you said, you know, just adding, you'll, you'll always add your own spin. Like for me, I will always go from like strength work to mobility. Cause I always understand that like, sometimes we don't really need to rest because no one's really going, no one's going a hundred percent, right? We're never going to go one RM. So they always have something in a tank. We always kind of move them around and add something extra inside that for them to learn and, or to be stronger in a different angle. And I think, I think that's huge, especially animal flow. Um, I make fun of it because my friends do it. They always do the, uh, the warrior dart. I forget what it's called. Yeah, did, you, did you get certified in that like two years ago? You said, yeah, I got level one certified a couple of years ago, probably four or five years ago. Now we added it as a class Nice. Mass. So I, you know, I was teaching it and I was practicing it. And then I went and do my level two cert with Mike Fitch. And then right around that time, I got the level two cert is when I got the high school job. So, you know, I had to take gotcha. a detour. Um, but you know, I'm actually going to be, uh, um, you know, Zach and I, Zach's having a family day at his Manasquan location for, uh, you know, we're a part of the national high school strength and conditioning association. And, you know, I'm going to be going over, I'm going to do something, you know, a, pra a practical oh, cool. a lesson, you know, for some, you know, it's an introductory for, for some strength coaches over, over at uh, his place. Um, because a lot of those, you know, a lot of those coaches may have, may not be uh, familiar with animal flow. And I think as far as the mobility, flexibility, range of motion stuff, right. recovery, just a recovery day. Recovery. Yeah. That's how I look at it, you know, and, uh, you know, I find my female athletes really take to it um, a lot more. Some, you know, some of the, some, some of the strength exercises, or the weight room in general could be a little intimidating. Right. So I'm trying to make that less intimidating um, right. um, for them because, you know, it's an all-inclusive place for everybody to get better. And we know male, female, doesn't really matter. Everybody's nope. going to get better by going in the weight room. Absolutely. Um, yes. Plus it's cool. You know, the, the yeah. flow part of animal flow is like, is, is a combination of so many different movements. So you have uh, like, you know, there's, there's breakdancing components Right. Um, there, which is pretty cool and gymnastics and rhythm, rhythmic gymnastics and so many different, uh, components. So I really highly encourage anybody that's interested, please check it out. Uh, Mike Fitch is, is awesome. And it's such a welcoming community because right. whether you're really good at it, you're not at, good at it, no matter what level you're at, they welcome, they're encouraging. 
you know, right. you're not excluded or looked down upon, you know, some organizations you get there and, you know, everything is, you know, super rigid and, you know, right. you don't hit a certain box, but animal flow just, it, it's such a great welcoming community. I highly recommend it for anybody. Right. Absolutely. Anything has to do with like, anything has to do with anything. You know, I always say any type of training or art um, always complements itself. If you just go in one direction, you're most likely not as versatile as probably the next person, especially now everyone's doing everything. You know, everyone's doing everything. Yep. So if you don't know, and you don't, like you said, you've got your master's now you're going to get another master's. Like if you don't, if you, that's when you know, you're a good strength coach, when you go out and you educate yourself over and over and over, no matter how long it is. I think I just talked about this in our, our last episode, last podcast, like whenever always be the student, you know, always be the white belt. Um, I always felt that way. Um, whenever I feel like I'm really good, I'll find a way to smash myself down to the bottom so I can, uh, to redevelop myself as it is. Um, let me ask you something here. Um, you talked about tough times. You talked about bad luck. What would you say was your toughest time? If that was the story, then that was it. Let me know what was your toughest time and how did you get out of that? There's, there's been a lot of tough times over the years, you know, like there's so many, you know, there's really so many, I think because being a dad, you know, and, and, being at that lowest point at that last job before the teaching job and not knowing how I was going to support my kids feeling like the, you know, the rug was going to be pulled out from under me and, and I was going to have to be on looking for a job again, hmm. you know, going through, uh, you know, a divorce and, and, you know, just a lot, of, a lot of really difficult things in my life. I felt like that was the lowest, but I think wherever you are, you might like somebody watching, right. Might be 20 and right. not married with kids going through something that's really difficult for them. You know, some people go through substance abuse, anxiety, depression. There's so many different things that it's hard, you know, but, you know, so it's really where, I, in my opinion, right. it's where you're at in your life. You know what I mean? Because the, I can go way back to when, you know, I was at Montclair Immaculate. Right. You know, my parents, we lived in Newark and my parents always try to provide the best opportunity they can give me at the time. So they, they wanted, they thought, let's put them in a Catholic school. They sent my brother through Catholic school. You know, this is going to be a better opportunity for him. But yet, you know, at that particular time, I had already wrestled for Bloomfield Rec. I'm, I'm, I'm a little kid, but, right. you know, long story short, I didn't, you know, I, I was, I transferred my sophomore year, junior oh. year into Bloomfield High School. So gotcha. I'm walking around Bloomfield High School, all my old friends from Rec, hey, Rosamelia's here, you know, this is great. We're going to have, you know, this strong team, you know, right. and um, every single day I left my house, there was a car parked three houses down and we were living in Newark. And they followed me and my mom all the way to the front door of Bloomfield High School every day. So it was like different, you know, forms of, because they knew because I was giving a, a fake address. I right. was doing something wrong, right? right. But it's because I, I wanted a better opportunity and I didn't have it. Wrestling in, at Immaculate was on the brink of, of, of going extinct. I mean, they, they, they were getting rid of the program. They only had kept it because when I came up, my brother, you know, had gone through the program and his friends and that's when they kind of had a full team, but it was shrinking. Right. And they, not that they felt like they owed it to me, but I was, I, you know, I had some success. They didn't have a lot of guys that had recreation experience. And, you know, so they kind of kept the program more or less, you know, for me, but I had three guys on my team. I wrestled with the 12 pounder every single day and hmm. with a 52 pounder who never wrestled in his life. So we would show up at matches and we'd forfeit 10 weights. We'd lose every single match for four years. As, you know, we would go, we would drive to uh, take a bus to a dual meet that would last 
15 minutes because I'd wrestle right. one watch at 12 power, you know. So, you know, at that particular time, wrestling was my life. I love right. wrestling more than anything. You know, I live, eat, sleep, and breathed it, you know, but yet, you know, we never want to duel me. And right. I can never really the edge at the time didn't accept me because it was very exclusive. And I, looking back, I don't, I don't blame them. They didn't know me. Where was I coming from? Right. You know, so I wanted to better myself, but again, that was another obstacle. I couldn't, right. I couldn't break down that door. So I would watch, I would tape the States every year and watch my favorite wrestler, like Junior Nardone right. to this day is my favorite wrestler of all time. And <laughs> I, I learned moves like that. Right. I actually used in matches, big matches from watching and rewinding and spending hours on the videotape, VHS tape. So you know? funny you said In that. The early 90s. <laughs> so, you know, I learned a Granby from that, you know? So, yes. You know, so at that time, that was was really difficult, uh, you know? But, you know, I, and I know I've gone way back here, but it's just like, you know, it depends on where everybody's at, you know? But I would have to say, like, you know, most recently, you know, when I had, you know, you know, lo- almost lost that job, you know, that I yeah. you know, didn't get paid. And, you know, that was the, that was, what seemed to be like the toughest time in my life at that particular point, you know? Right. Cause you had so many expectations of like, this is going to be it. Like, I feel like this is going to be it. And yeah. then. Yeah. And I'm like, what am I going to do? Who's going to hire me? Like I, right. I'm a trainer, you know, like you can come out, get hired as a trainer with a certification at 18. I'm 43. I, I, right. I have a bachelor's degree. Great. But now it's like, it's still, it's difficult. I don't have, I didn't have much experience outside of personal training, you know, like, or which I felt like at the time I didn't have outside of personal training, but I'm, I'm finding out now in the job market, you know, you could take different life experiences and skill and have resume writing services come up with a really cool resume right. that might be applicable to another field, you know, right. You know, it's a little bit different, you know, now. So, but I'm, yeah. I'm just very fortunate. And I, and I'll tell you, I don't know how many, how many viewers you have, like who are two strength coaches. Yeah. But if you do, like, I mean, they need to get like, uh, you know, they, they need to really look into getting a, a teaching certification, because if you want to get in, you want to be a strength coach, you want to be a personal trainer, like you having a teaching cert and alternate, even if you go an alternate route, right, is foot in the door. Yeah, especially if you're looking for that stability at the same time, being able to do the other stuff, you know, otherwise you work the trainer life is, you know, sometimes it's good if you're busy, but then with that busy it it's equals sorry it's all right it's <laughs> four o'clock you gotta go <laughs> it's like um regiment <laughs> it's just time and having working like 10 hours a day like split shifts too like you oh, know you do usually five in the morning and then five at night maybe somewhere at three crazy it's crazy schedule 30 i'd leave i'd get home sometimes 10 o'clock and it just it, it it's yeah. just very difficult you know and it's, it's, you know, not, you know, to be successful, you know, you need to work really hard. You need to have some breaks, right. But you know, you also can't be your business, right. People who end up being their whole business are the ones that, you know, have, you know, have a difficult time having a healthy work-life balance. And if you want to have a family and stuff, that's tough, man. You're really, you're missing stuff. You're missing a lot of stuff, you know, that, you know, you got to weigh what's worth it. What's not like for me being a high school strength coach, like I, I don't necessarily, I, I don't, I wouldn't want to be a college strength coach. You might make $200,000 a year, but you know what, if the team sucks and they fail, you're, you're going to let you go next year. And you're right. looking for a job. Like at the high school level, you're going to make, you know, you can make an, a respectable salary, especially if you get further your education, 
you're, but you're going to make a really good impact because you're going to have kids who aren't going to maybe be college athletes. So, right. you, can, you know, you could really have, and, and I've noticed if you look at the, uh, the, the National High School Strength and Conditioning Association, there's a lot of guys and that's a relatively new organization and it's great. And that's a lot cool. of those guys worked at the college level and they've, they've taken jobs at the high school level because oh, they wow. can make a difference in, in high school kids' lives, you yeah. know? And, you know, yeah. so I don't know. I, I, I see that aspect of it. Like it's stability, it's fun. You know, you, you're, you, you know, you're, they still look up to you. you know, a lot of the kids look up to you and they, they want to get big like you, you know? So I don't know. Um, I, I love it. I'm very, very grateful. That's awesome. Where I'm at, you know? I'm not going to lie. Like, it's it's nice to see, like, like I said, usually when I talk to Mark, something wrong's happening. Like, something's happening, like, rough. You know, whether it's you're reaching out to me or, like, we just, you know, we just connect because somehow our energies are kind of the same. I don't know. But it really feels good to see you pretty content with what it is you're doing. You know, it's like without a question, you could see it in the way you carry yourself. You could see it in the way you're talking, expressing with your your arms. Whereas before, it was like, oh my god, I don't, you know, it's like, you know, <laughs> I know. just opened, and so, you know, it's your yeah. body um, language shows everything on how how proud you are of the things you did. And you just graduated with a match. I saw that. Congratulations, right? And now, what's that? Plus thirty two, they call it. I forget. I know some teacher teacher. Well, terms. I had bachelor's, so it's masters, and now anything after masters is plus. 30, but 60. I, yeah, right. <laughs> I was like, I remember it was like plus 32, plus 45. I was like, wait, what? What's going on here? But I have to say too, like when I found out you left left for Vegas, I mean, I was very, I was sad. Like I, I was sitting on my couch a few weeks ago. And although, like I said, we didn't like spend a lot of time together. You know, we reached out to each other, you know, when we could. Um, but I'm like, oh man, I, like he's just not, he's not back in Belleville. He's not back in Nutley. Like I can't just, I mean, I, I don't want it to sound like, you know, corny or fluffy, but like anytime I reached out to you, like you were like at the peak of your success too. Like, come on, Mark, come down to crank, you know? And like, you you know, you're busy teaching a class, but yet you're giving me any advice you could give me. Like, you know, like you always were available and there. And that mean, that truly, truly like means a lot to me. Like, you know, you didn't have to do that. You know, like we didn't go to school together. Like we had our connections, um, right. you know, but, but I just want to tell you, like that means a, a ton to me. And like, I'll always, like, I bring you up to my parents, like my friends, my family, and like, like this is you're you're truly I consider you truly like a good friend of mine, and absolutely, and I appreciate everything you've ever done for me. So Thank I really you. I just, just being available is is really, you know, you could you could do a lot for someone's psyche by being available for them, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I guess it's just one of those things that you naturally want want for yourself. You know, it's like oh man, if I ever wanted help, wanted to make sure that someone could at least talk to me. You know, even if I just want to hang out. So it didn't really matter. You know, it's like, oh shit, you're coming. Let's go. You know, like, yeah. I'm a, I, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's the Italian in me. Like, I, just want to, I want to feed you. Like, I want to feed you. That's it. <laughs> man, it's so true. But thank you, man. I appreciate that. Uh, I got one question. Um, so I always ask this question. It's like a staple question. What's one, what's one question that you wish that I asked that maybe I didn't? And how would you answer that? And how, how, I, I'm not sure if you, I know you kind of asked me a, a, a frame of this question, but like, like, how did you get through yeah. some of those most difficult times? Yeah. And because I know some people hang on to that, like, they're all, you know, we're always looking for the secret sauce, like that really, really secret, you know, because I've been searching for it, like my whole life in my business, like I've must've went to every seminar. I, I've driven to Kentucky twice. You know what I mean? I've went <laughs> everywhere I could possibly go to, 
and I've listened to Cre- the Cressies, you know, like every yeah. not Robertson, all those guys. And I've gotten a ton of great information. But you know, you're looking for like what's gonna like what's gonna transform. And and like um, I can I have to say like um, you know what I learned from you specifically is is you have to be yourself. Like I can never be you. Like I go and I watch you teach, you know, and coach, and that is just you. That's naturally you. Like. And, um, you know, you have to be true to yourself and who you are. And I think I struggle with that a lot. Like, I'm not going to be Cressy. I'm not a smart as Cressy or Robertson, right? I'm not going right. to be you. I, I'm, I don't have your personality. So, like, I think people need to stay true to, true to themselves. And I think that's one step in the right direction. So sometimes being true to yourself leads you somewhere else. Not, I'm not trying to discourage people from being a, a strength coach or a personal trainer. But you may find when you really dig deep, you just may, you may excel in an area, you know, that you didn't, you didn't know really existed. So I think it's just looking introspectively, being true to who you are and trying to find what your, your gifts are and your strengths and your positives and really just see what you can do with that. You know, that's what's, that's what's helped me. Like, you know, I, 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 you know, I like to, I, or at least I'd hope, hope so, you know? Yeah. That's a great great close because that's one thing that I think everyone should definitely really look deep into. It's like, are you actually being yourself or are you being someone for someone else? You know, I remember hearing something. It's like, you're not yourself. You are, you are what other people think of you are something like that. So I heard that and I was like, oh yeah, we probably just do the things that other people think we should be doing versus like, just find out who you are, you know? can't live for somebody you can't you you i mean i you can't live for somebody else in one one aspect right like you li- i live because you know for myself but like i like i heard heard you heard you talk a, a few podcasts ago regarding like you know you got to be you got to be happy first like you got to be happy with yourself first before you can be good to anybody else so i truly believe that's true you know i so what my point is like i'm living i want to i want to provide and make my kids happy and provide a good life for them and stability, but, you know, if I, if that's my only goal without making, without being happy or making myself happy, there's no way that you can, you know, take care of, of the people you want to take care of, you know? Very true. If you're not happy, most people aren't going to be around you. you no, know? I, I agree. That's I it. agree. I get that. I, I, can I share something? I yeah, share. man, let's do it. A little, little funny, but I don't know how, uh, how you feel about it? I found, I was looking through my old pictures. <laughs> There's one right there, right? Oh, shit. Got that one. I, uh, I was remember, going that, remember that stand with the girl in purple? How about that one? Look at that shot. Holy shit. I got a whole bunch, so I got to scan them. And scan them. <laughs> yeah, just take pictures of them, send them over. Got them uh, that's funny. I'm going to go oh, eat chicken. The girl, right? I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't know. Yeah, if I was sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's crazy oh that's great man that's great that's funny <laughs> can't stop laughing now anyway. that was such a funny vending thing i was like stealing protein bars we're trying oh, yeah. to sneak protein bars steal everything <laughs> oh, um yeah i'll never forget i'll never forget it you know that's 20 awesome. years ago now how about that crazy crazy it yeah. is crazy all right man dude thank you so much for being a part of this oh, like, it's my pleasure 
so much, so much. I appreciate it, guys. Uh, I think I'm good. I'm all good. Pete, I really yeah. appreciate it, man. Thank you Absolutely. so much. It's really, I was looking forward to it. It means a lot to me. And I hope we can, I hope we can continue to stay in touch and I'll, I'll be available to you. Whatever you need, you know, just please don't ever hesitate. Don't worry about it if it's 11 o'clock at night because I don't sleep. Right. You know, uh, I truly, I truly mean that from the bottom of my heart, man. Whatever you need, you just need to talk. You need to anything. Just reach out to me, man. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Guys, thank you so much for coming out. This is Pete. That's Coach Mark here at Jersey to Vegas podcast, episode number 15. Guys, thank you so much. And like it, subscribe. I don't know what they do here, but I think you subscribe to some type of podcast thing, but we do appreciate it. And I'll see you guys next week.